This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, Let's Talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and my guest today is lovely, delectable Jane Powell, who has been a singing sensation since she was seven years old. Jane was under contract to MGM for 11 years, where she literally grew up from child to teenager to adult, while starring in some 20 musical movies. To Jane, however, music is not just a form of entertainment, it's a whole way of life. And she decided a few years ago that she wanted to meet the public face to face. Since then, she has been on dozens of concert tours, appeared at the nation's top supper clubs, recently completed a very successful run in My Fair Lady in summer theaters, and is soon to start a round-the-world tour, which will include Australia, Tokyo, New Zealand, the Philippines, and major cities in Europe. She is starting very shortly, and she is taking all three of her children with her. Jane Darling, hi. How are you, Lucy? I'm very happy to see you today, and I'm particularly interested in why and how you are going to take your three charming children with you all around the world. Well, I took them to Australia last June, and, in fact, I took four. I took my stepdaughter also. Really? And, in fact, I might even take her again this time if she's available. And I don't think I've ever enjoyed myself as much as I did at that time with them. And it completely changed the uh, the children's way of thinking and just seeing the way other people live. There was not one problem at all. What and, ages are they, Jane? Well, the baby is not a baby anymore. It was eight and a half. She will be nine by the time we go. And my boy was... 12, my daughter was 11 and a half, and then my stepdaughter was 16. And I was working at the Chevron Hilton in uh, Sydney, Australia, and we were there for two and a half weeks, and then we went to Fiji, and then we went to Tahiti, and then we came home. But there was not one problem, and they were thrilled about being over there, and of course we're, we can't wait to go back to Australia, because I've never been, I've never been any place in my life where I felt so much at home. I understand that that's so true of so many performers who go to Australia. They just love it. They rave about it. They always want to go back. Oh, I really, Lucy, of all the places I've been, I've never been any place where people were as friendly and as helpful and genuinely interested in you and in America. They're terribly interested in the United States. That's so nice to hear. Would you like to live there? Yes, I could. I could live there very easily. I may live there sometime if uh, everything works out with the children, but I would be very happy to live there. What do you do about their schooling while you're traveling? Well, honey, I travel usually in the summertime, mm -hmm. and I will take them out of school a little bit early this time because we're going to leave, well, I guess around the end of May or 1st of June, so they'll miss about a half a month or a month of school. And they do learn a lot about every country they're in, uh, things oh, that they yes. can never learn in books. Well, and not only that, when you are working, I find that I get more out of the country than I do if I was just there on vacation because otherwise you you only meet tourists when you are there on vacation. This way when you work you meet the people of the country and of the town and you become a part of them as much as you possibly can. You're a very remarkable little lady, Jane. I've always thought so. I've observed you uh, since you were quite young at Metro and it, it's always been rather amazing to me that you were a product of a studio which was quite renowned for spoiling their younger stars. I refer to um, the Lanas and the Judys and the Mickeys and the young people over there that uh, were the breadwinners in their family and I've always felt that they weren't given a, 
a very good shake by the studio because they were so young, and I thought that the studio should have had a more paternal uh, feeling rather than just uh, shake the tree until it's dry and then not care about the child. Perhaps I'm out of line saying that, but you were in that group and it did not affect you. Was it because of your family? Was it because of just you? How did you get the knowledge and the security within yourself to not let that affect you? Well, I think basically it came from my family. And also I came in in the era where you were to be the girl next door which I was. If you have children, you weren't hiding the children. And not, not only that, you display the diapers on the line and the bottles in the kitchen. I have never, I never had anything when I was a child. I came from a, a very, very, very modest family and born during the Depression, so we never, never had very much. But I think that probably yeah, my parents were the ones that, so, so to speak, kept my feet on the ground. Yes, your parents and Shirley Temple's parents were apparently very, very good in this direction. The rest of the kids kind of suffered, didn't they? With well, loss of parents or breakups at home or being the sole breadwinner where the money was very, very important. Oh, money, as they say, is the root of all evil. And, you, and I do find that at times I, I even test myself as far as money is concerned because when you have a family that's growing up, there are many needs, of course, but I think the main thing that they need is supervision. And the money is something that you really have to put in the background because children nowadays have much too much anyway. That's what so many of uh, all of us uh, lacked, supervision. And you have been very meticulous about this for years, since your first baby, since your first home that you made for yourself. It was always very much your place. and. You were very active in doing the housework, taking care of the children, getting home. Your career has never been uppermost in your mind. It's always been your children. Now, that took a lot of discipline on your part from a very early age. Uh, do you recall how you came about uh, having this much discipline? Was it because you learned discipline in your music, perhaps, and you applied it to the rest of your life? Well, I think that... Um being under contract at the age of 14, that everything was very well organized and everything was almost done on a, a time clock, that I think that organization became the most important thing as far as getting everything done in my life. I'm not saying that my home or my children are run like a military institution, but... No, but they're I, disciplined. Yes, they are. And they're cared for. And I feel that uh, you have to have a certain amount of organization in, in your life so it can reflect into your family's life, so everything runs as normal as possible. Though I'm beginning to wonder nowadays what really is normal. <laughs> <laughs> you mean as far as the children are concerned? Well, almost everything. Every, everything seems... Sometimes people remind me of squirrels in a cage. They're just running around and not getting any place. Their values... So I think, I think sometimes they don't know what their value of life is. You've always and had one. That's, that's just my point. Did it stem from your, the discipline of your musical career when you were little? Because I, I know so. to become a singer or any, anything to do with music or dancing, any of the arts like that, takes great application and great discipline. Well, I believe that does, and I think that it carries over to the rest of your life. And I still study now, as a matter of fact. And I, when I don't, I feel very negligent and yes. uh, get the guilty conscience, so back I go again. <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling to have that, to sort of uh, 
Oh, keep your backbone straight and keep on a line. It's, it's something to, to align yourself with, isn't it? Uh, well, and I think that everyone, whether they are a child, if a child can find a purpose or a thing that they want to do, I think that is a terribly important thing for them to find and very difficult to find. And how many people do we know that still don't know who they are or what they want to be? And I feel that if anyone can find that one little niche, whether it's a mother, father, or child, I think that you have that much more of a footage and you can always go back to that. If it's in sports or in your music or your hobby of cooking or working in a kindergarten, whatever it is, it's something that you never get too old to do. If, if it's something for us for your own enjoyment. Gee, that's very well put, Jane. And I know just what I want to ask you next. And our time is up for today. Could we continue this tomorrow? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you, Jane. Thanks very much for today. Bye, dear. Bye. I have been talking to Miss Jane Powell, lovely actress and musical comedy star. I hope you've enjoyed our visit, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Hi, this is Lucy. And again today, my guest is the lovely Jane Powell. Jane has been a singing sensation for many, many years. Jane has a lovely family. Jane is about to go on a world tour. Yesterday, we were talking about some of the places she is going to visit and visit with her children. She's taking all three of her children and perhaps a fourth child with her. And uh, we were discussing, oh, the discipline in Jane's life and the accomplishments and how they came about. And Jane yesterday mentioned that a person was lucky if they, quite early in life, had a purpose, found what they would like to do, something to point at, a, something to focus on, a wonderful goal of some kind, no matter what. Jane, darling, hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, I would like to ask you today if uh, your children, and we'll mention their ages again, have any of your children uh, focused on any goals? Well, they always have one little thing, or two or three or five or six or ten, all at the sure. same time. They start out with wanting to be an Indian and a fireman uh -huh. and a... And what? a garbage man. And a garbage man. <laughs> How old uh, is Gary, for instance? Gary is, has just turned 13. Does he have any uh, goal at the moment? Well, yes, he does. He's um, terribly interested in skiing. He would like very much to be a professional skier, and as I pointed out to him, it's marvelous to be a professional athlete if you have the qualification. And I don't, I don't think he does, which I, because he is maybe of the smaller size. But I think if he could have the talent of going in competition and also having a job or some other thing to fall back on, he'd be better off. And I think he believes that. He would like very much to be an architect. Oh. I don't nice. know whether it's just in the thinking of it or... Uh, oh, but that's a wonderful aspiration. But at least he's thinking in the right direction. What does he have to take in school to further that? The mathematics? And mathematics the, are the most important. He does enjoy them. He does quite well in them. He also is very interested in Latin which uh, he took Spanish for a while, then he took French, and then he was going to go back to French, and I said, well, why don't you try Latin? Because if you know Latin, you can almost learn anything. And you can use it if you want to be a pharmacist or a lawyer or a, a teacher of any language. You can always fall back on that. And he's found that that's terribly interesting, and he applies it to uh, almost any com kind of conversation, which might drive you a little bit nuts after a while. Yeah, but how <laughs> wonderful to have a son who even listens to what you suggest. What about Suzanne? Well, How Suzanne is Suzanne has just turned 12, and she thinks she's a horse. She doesn't think she's anything <laughs> else but a horse. <laughs> she thinks she's a horse? Yes, yeah, she does. You mean doesn't... she'd like to be a horse? 
Well, uh, there's no <laughs> thought about whether lying to it. She just is, as far as she's concerned. I went to school the other day, and I was talking to the teacher, and she said, uh, Miss Powell, she said, I hate to bring this up. She said, but really, I think you should do something about Sissy because people ask her how old she is, and she won't talk to them. She just stamps it out with her foot like, one, <laughs> two, three, and she won't count. And she throws her head around as if it was a mane, and uh, she, doesn't, she won't talk to anybody unless they like horses because her whole thought are horses. But the only consolation I have, I think that it's better at this age than to have horses than to have boys. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. What are you going to do to uh, further this um, horse craze? Well, I'm not going to, I don't think I have to further it anymore. I think mostly I have to stop it and point out to her that uh, there are other things in life besides horses and that horses are just dumb animals and that uh, I think probably if she doesn't start speaking English pretty soon that she's not <laughs> going to have anyone to talk to when the time comes and that she'd better thinking a little, think a little bit more of her academics, which are not too bad but could be better. She lives in her own little world. Oh. Perhaps she's reincarnated. Well, that's what I thought, and she thinks she might be sea biscuit. She's not sure. <laughs> That's beautiful. What about Lindsay? How, what age? Well, Lindsay's eight, and she's very interested in school, I must say. She's, none of them are geniuses. I'm going to be very sure of that. But Lindsay, her main interests are her friends. She likes her friends, and particularly if they have long hair. Uh-huh. So far, I'm not too concerned about her finding her interest because she's very feminine and loves clothes and loves people and is never a problem at all. What do they think about your singing career? Oh, they enjoy it, but uh, they're very critical, uh, which I appreciate, and usually they're right. Really? Oh, yes. What criticism could they give that might be... Uh... Well, they, I've done quite a few guest shots on television shows, and of course they see those, and they compare one against the other. They say, well, I, mean, I don't think that that song was as good for you to sing as the one you did on the Perry Como show or the Andy Williams show. I think that it was a little bit better. I like that, but... Uh, I think that I enjoy the other one more. And usually they're right. You don't. <laughs> That's very kind of you. <laughs> well, they are. You don't deal uh, uh, entirely in the classics, but how do you rate at home with the Beatles? I mean, do they drive you out of your mind with the Beatle bugs? Well, no. Uh, they haven't really come to that too much. They, I did have the surfers and the, for a while, and... Um, a few of the others. And I don't mind the rhythm at all. It's just... I don't either. I don't mind the... Uh, it's just when it gets terribly loud that yeah. uh, I don't they like... they like it loud. Oh, they? yes. They don't, I don't think they have any eardrums. <laughs> really. <laughs> you are a soprano, aren't you, dear? Yes. Uh -huh. Have you um, preferred the classics and uh, done the other type of uh, singing because it's more commercial? No, Lucy, I really don't know. My voice happens to be geared for classical singings, and consequently, since I have a classical voice, obviously, I started out singing classical songs, and that was how I was signed at MGM. I was kind of taking the place of Deanna Durbin and um, oh, Susanna Foster, I guess. But now with television, I think that it has been a boon in many ways to talent because it gives you a chance to have more diversification, whereas... I do feel, and many times in pictures, you were terrible. I know I was terribly limited, and I was always treated as a little girl next door, and I stayed that way for such a long time that uh, I finally outgrew with the pantaloons. Do you study with a teacher out here when you're yes, home? Yes, uh-huh. Jean Byram is my teacher. All the time? Yes. It's part of my life, as we were speaking of before, 
that uh, would be a great loss for me if I never studied. And even if I ever stopped singing, I'm sure I would still study singing because for my own enjoyment. Do you still do a lot of your own housework and cooking oh, yes. and everything? Oh, yes. Are you a good cook, Jane? Yes. That, that's the only <laughs> hobby I really have is cooking. So that I spend a great deal of time doing. Do your children know how to cook? Well, they try. They, uh, I think they enjoy watching and smelling more. Do they take care of their own rooms? Do they have chores that they have to uh, oh, keep yes. up? Oh, yes. My little ones have had to make their beds since they were four. And uh, progressively, they got better. And now that they're at the um, kind of teenage stage, they're getting worse as far as <laughs> making the beds. But I think it'll, the pendulum will swing back again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yes, I don't know what yeah. happens to them. They completely have loss of... Uh, coordination and mind around the age of 12 they or 13. They just stop caring. Yes. But they're grateful for anything that they've learned to do, I know, eventually. But it sure doesn't show at this stage. Well, I think the greatest um, compliment I ever had <clears throat> was last year. Two years ago, I gave my, set my boy to cotillion, which every, every time he had to, do, had to go, he would almost turn blue. He hated yes. it so badly. And uh, always be late and everything. I said, Jay, I'm not going to ask you to do hardly anything for me, but I do ask you to go to Cotillion because someday you'll thank me for it. Well, a year later, he changed schools and went to Cotillion, and I picked him up from the dance. And I said, how was it? Oh, I had a wonderful time. I can't wait to go back again. And he said, Moms, I hate to admit it, but you really were right. He said, I did enjoy it, and I'm glad I went to Cotillion. Well, I think that's the isn't greatest that, thing that ever happened to isn't me. Isn't that marvelous? <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't happen often, but it did. No, but when it does, it's something you're never going to forget. No. <laughs> oh, Jane, our time is up again for today. You're such a delightful guest. I still have lots of things to ask you. Could you be with us again tomorrow? Sure, if you can take it, I can. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Bye now for today. I have enjoyed talking to Miss Jane Powell today, and I'm delighted she is to be with us again tomorrow. Hope you will be, too. Hi, this is Lucy. And again today, my guest is the lovely Jane Powell. Jane and I have been discussing her past, her future, her children, her tours that she's going to make around the world. She's singing. Uh, in concert, is it, Jane? Yes, it will be. You are going to go again to Australia, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a country that you love very much. Is that true? Oh, yes. I just really wish everyone could see it. It sounds like an old cliché, but this time I truthfully mean it. It's just, it's just completely different than any place I've ever been. Have you ever been to Tokyo? I understand you're going to Tokyo on no, this trip. No, I've never been that. In fact, I've never been any farther now than, than Australia. That's pretty and, far. I would say. And that's why we decided to go take the other route around the world. And the only thing that's um, kind of makes us a little bit nervous, we're all terribly frightened of shots. And so uh, we have to get those started very soon. But I've oh, never been yes. to Asia or any place like those that. Those shots. I did, during the war, <clears throat> I had to take a lot of shots to go out on USO trips and... Everything I got shot for, I got. Every, oh, no, yes, a really? whole troop left without me because I was home with the typhoid and everything that they oh, had my. shot into me. Well, you won't have that trouble. You had to take shots to go to Australia last time, didn't you? No, you only have to take a vaccination, which oh. is uh, which is no problem at all. And New Zealand, you're going to? Yes, they you're flying every place. Yes, because it uh, makes traveling so much quicker for for a family, and uh, we don't like to be gone away too long anyway. 
And the major cities in Europe, what are those cities, maybe? Well, we'll probably go to Rome, and uh, the tour is still being set up. And I don't want to do too much work, because I want to make it mostly a vacation. We'll be in Sydney. I will be playing a hotel there, the Chevron Hilton. I'll be there for three weeks. And then the other ones will be probably just one-night uh, stands. And I'd like to do maybe five, not more than, more than six in these different countries. But I'd like to kind of get them all over with at once, so then we can enjoy ourselves. Because when you have an engagement ahead of you, you know, you always, I needn't tell you, you always save up a certain amount of strength or, or, um, or play time until after you're through. Do you take some uh, help with you when you go? Uh, no. Children are at an age now where you don't need nurses or anything like that. No, I uh, haven't had anyone. My, <clears throat> my stepdaughter went with us last time, as I think I mentioned a couple days ago. And uh, we all, all kind of work together. What uh, is your stepdaughter like, Jane? Well, she's a marvelous girl. She is 17 now. She's quite a, a rare person. She's a lovely person and very, very far-thinking and uh, fun and very enjoyable to be with. She's where a wonderful do, girlfriend. Where does she go to school? She goes to Beverly Hills High, and she's enjoying it very much. But she's, um, she's quite a personality. She's a wonderful girl. How do you manage to always uh, look so delightfully feminine and well of course because you are delightfully feminine that's a <laughs> stupid question but how do you stay so healthy and your vitality up to pitch and do you have any rules for that Janie well yes Lucy I do I um I don't take pills I do take one vitamin at night but I exercise every day about 20 minutes a day which I loathe there's nothing I'd rather do than to not do it I give myself a real vacation when I don't exercise but I've done it since I was about 17, and I feel that if I don't continue with my exercises, I really don't feel as well. So I do that, and I try to eat the proper foods, but uh, I'm not a fattest in any way. I don't know. I just try to live, um, live the way the Bible says, I guess. It helps, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. When you uh, plan your meals for your family at home, do you think nutrition-wise? Do you think that way first? Oh, very much so. I have uh, one little girl that's kind of on the uh, the wide side. She's not fat, but she's uh, she has baby um, plumpness that I hope will leave soon. So I have them on skim milk, and if I serve uh, one starch, if I serve potatoes, I don't serve bread, or if I serve rice, I don't serve bread. And their desserts are usually down to one a day. And uh, I try to, try to make a well-balanced meal, and their breakfast always has fruit of some kind in it. And I don't know, just the way you, um, by what the books say, that's all. Do you design your own clothes, Jane? I used to, Lucy, um, because I had such problems in buying clothes. Because, what size are you, eight? No, well, I'm about a five or a six. Oh, my. But uh, there are a lot of houses now that are making smaller sizes, so I've been able to get even good designers' clothes. Because... You're one of the best-dressed entertainers in the business, that's for sure. Well, thank you. So uh, it is... Uh, uppermost in my mind to find out where you get these beautiful things. Well, I do design my costumes. Those I do do, with help of a very fine designer, Rhett Turner. And, but the, the clothes that I buy every day, I can find in my size now, which when I, years ago, I'd have to have even my underwear made because mm -hmm. uh, they didn't make them small enough. I knew you were tiny, but not that tiny. Do you uh, pay a particular attention to the fabrics that you use for traveling? Oh, yes. I'm very... Um, Anything that uh, is crease-resistant, of course, is much easier. And I try not to have my things pressed too much because they wear out. But I am quite careful about... Um, I try not to travel with too many clothes if I possibly can. But unfortunately, when you travel around the world, 
uh, which is such as it was in Australia when we went down, it was winter, and then we were going to come back to Fiji and Tahiti. So you end up with the, every kind, every of kind clothes. of clothes imaginable. And then we found when we got there, it wasn't as cold as we expected. So we were too well dressed, I think. Yes, that uh, what you said about not having them cleaned and pressed by uh, just anybody you happen upon is very important. They can ruin beautiful things. Well, if I had, I press my own gowns myself because I just won't trust them to anybody. I'm not too good at doing it myself, but I. Uh, I do know that I have to be careful with what I'm traveling with. It's very important. I get a lot of letters about this. That's why I brought it up. And especially as vacations uh, start coming up, people write letters about what fabrics they should use in their traveling clothes. And right now I'm uh, pushing knits. Oh, you they're know, wonderful. The knitwear. Uh, well, and then with the silk knits, too, you can wear those in the summer or winter. Mm -hmm. And because now traveling is, uh, traveling materials are so much easier because with this being the jet age that it is, almost any fabric you can travel with, I think that chiffon is very difficult because that wrinkles yes. no matter what you have. But I feel that most of the manufacturers are very cognizant of the fact that there will be a lot of traveling and it's not as much a problem as it used to be. That and the boon of uh, having the hanger bag. Oh, you know, the first hanger bag I ever had. I was traveling. Uh, in fact, my, my baby was seven weeks old, and I was I didn't want to leave, so I took him with me. And don't I was tell me you, theaters. Don't tell me you put him in a hanging <laughs> no, bag. No, I put everything else in there. <laughs> but you know those terrible green things you put in your closet for moths? Yes. Those with the metal frames, and it's yeah. all plastic. Well, they never they didn't have anything such as hanging bags, and I used to wear the big full skirts with the petticoats and everything, you know, and kind of like a pin cushion. But I thought, well, that would be an ideal way to travel. So I think that was the first hanging bag that was ever ever really used for that purpose. And I used that. And I remember one time we got off the train at 4 o'clock in the morning in, uh, I think it was in Pittsburgh, and we were the only people getting off, and I had the baby and the bottles <laughs> and the nurse, and I had another girlfriend with me in this big plastic bag with a petticoat st sticking out. By this time, of course, it had all cracked and broken. I had <laughs> plastic on it here, and I had tape there. And I'll never forget, I got off, and the porter said, do you actresses always ca carry all of your, your scenery along with you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, I know, you devise many ways to get in and out quickly. To look as delectable as you always look, Jane. Anyone would like all of your little notes on it, I'm sure, because I have never seen anyone that is a prettier picture when they're before the public than Miss Jane Powell. And Jane, I'm so grateful to you for spending the last few days with us. Please come back again, and please remember that we're thinking about you on your world tour, and give my love to your children. Oh, I will, Lucy, and thank you. I've enjoyed it so much. Goodbye, dear. Bye-bye. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.